Welcome to the Noble 8 Podcast, Ape Reality. I'm Tom Barbelay, and this evening, well, you may have been expecting Control.C. So let me tell you the whole story about Control.C. What happened was, after I listened to the three audio files that I put in the Ape Reality feed, it served as a code review. And looking at the code review in terms of three to five to seven year old code that really needed a bit of a clean-up, I decided to do that clean-up. And in parallel to this, and this actually occurred a little bit before the audio was recorded, but I had recorded an ape reality that I don't think ever made it to the feed with regards to rediscovering SourceForge and using SourceForge as I had originally intended to use it back in, I guess, 2003, 2004, in terms of being the Noble Ape source repository and uh, release point. If you've been following my discussion, particularly on a Biota Live and I think some earlier Biota chats, that kind of stuff, I had talked a little bit about how SourceForge was overly commercialized and trying to pull money from developers and all this kind of stuff. Well, it appears that SourceForge may have actually heard what I said or at least gotten the same feedback from a number of developers because their site is now considerably minimalist and I have returned to SourceForge, which I kind of sort of announced but never actually put out in the feed just prior to recording the source code walkthrough. So having recorded the source code walkthrough, and to give some background, it took about two and a half hours to record, and then about probably an additional eight hours to edit, just in terms of the three that were put out. Well, that's probably not fair. Probably 45 minutes went into Control.C, which was never actually released. But a lot of time spent editing, a lot of time spent thinking, and ultimately, following that, quite a bit of changes in the source code. I removed the previous kind of sim core structure or core directory, and replaced it with the universe directory. And the universe directory takes about three quarters of what was in control.c and puts it into what used to be the simulation core and is now called the universe. Which means previously, in order to get the command line version of the overlap simulation to run, you needed to have some things from the GUI directory, which didn't make a lot of sense, but set up the execution Noble Ape simulation. So I moved all of that stuff out of control, put it into the new created universe, and started doing some of the changes that I actually talked about when I did the source code walkthrough. So this was done in a similar time frame to talking to Peter Newman about the potential of Noble Ape going into OpenSim. There hasn't really been a lot more development associated with that, mainly because I'm stabilizing the cocoa version and uh, stabilizing the carbon version and if you remember previously there were about five versions of the noble ape simulation for the mac and now there are just two the cocoa and carbon versions respectively so that's all been stabilized and my current project is working with jeffrey ventrella to move a number of his projects open source with the view that the project that interests me the most is really the Gene Pool Darwin Pond. There's a 3D version, which I think could be particularly impressive. But also I wanted to work on a project with Roy Plotnick, who you'll remember as the paleobiologist from, I think, University of Illinois, Chicago. If I've got that right, maybe University of Chicago. But anyway, so Roy Plotnick, the paleobiologist who featured on Can Artificial Life Explain the Cambrian Explosion, uh, which was a... What was it called? Probably a biota chat, I think. Anyway, that conversation really set my, you know, set my thinking for the next couple of years, particularly with regards to this idea of survival being the metric of intelligence. 
And all this kind of great stuff came from my original interaction with Roy Plotnick, and I've really been looking for a project to work with Roy into the future. I got back in contact with Roy with a view that simulating dinosaurs or kind of Cambrian or even possibly pre-Cambrian creatures was the kind of stuff that uh, Roy and I could collaborate on. Roy has an existing feeding ground program which is written in Fortran, but a lot of the kind of creatures that Roy is talking about are very similar to the creatures Jeffrey Ventrella simulates in Genepool. So I thought, wow, you know, two birds with one stone. I can move Jeffrey Ventrella's stuff into the open source or at least assist Jeffrey into kind of getting it to a comfort zone with regards to open source and then he'll progressively move his source code over and similarly work with Roy and move some of Roy's source into open source. That seemed to be a, a pretty good idea, and I put it to both Roy and Jeffrey, and Jeffrey said, well, I have a couple of projects that i like to assist, you know, get your assistance moving to open source first, just to kind of, I guess, put his toe in the water, so to speak. And also, there are certain things which really, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Jeffrey's kind of new movement into open source really as a sense of, a reflective sense of my own optimism when I moved the Noble Ape simulation formally into, you know, open source, capital O, capital S, open source, after the Stockholm rewrite in 2001. I had a lot of similar feelings, was, oh, yes, there's going to be a flood of people, and oh, yes, it's going to be amazing, so I don't really, I can't really crush Jeffrey's hopes associated with that, although... You have to be a bit conservative in terms of your assumptions about what's actually going to happen when you put your source code online. But the first project that I'm helping Jeffrey move to SourceForge and into open source is a program called Melody Ball. And if you go to, I think, MelodyBall.com, you can see what the Melody Ball is. It's the idea that you uh, drop a ball and through gravity there are xylophone-like tiles that are placed in space and the ball hitting the tiles produces a tune, which is a very interesting concept. He has a, a jazz tune uh, that it runs with currently. Hmm, I used to remember what it was called. Uh, well, I certainly remembered over the weekend what it was called because I was doing a lot of development in the Java associated with the, uh, with the project. That's the first project Jeffrey wants me to move to open source, and we've set up a SourceForge account, and I think the source code will be checked in um, sometime within the next week or so. He then has a, a planetary simulation. I think it's called the Northern World something. If only I'd practiced before I actually came on the podcast, I'd probably remember. But it's the idea of, I think, a half sphere with uh, creatures walking over the sphere or walkers kind of crawling over the sphere and strange pointy trees coming out from the sphere. And it's very... Um, I don't know. It's, it's, in the, it's in a style which will be familiar to many in terms of a... 2D to 3D style graphics and yeah, I'm very interesting. I mean, I think there's a lot of open source potential and also artificial life potential in that kind of program. Uh, it certainly has a particular aesthetic, uh, which to a certain extent, Gene Paul and Darwin Pond has as well. And then obviously the third movement will be moving Gene Paul uh, into open source. And I think Gimple's written in C, Noble Apes written in C, the other two programs are written in Java. Whilst I program in Java, I'm not, you know, I'm not Gerald Young with regards to my level of Java knowledge and also I guess my level of comfort associated with it's not necessarily a structural understanding, but just best practices associated with Java. I feel relatively comfortable with my knowledge as a best practices associated with C and C. 
Java code, which a you know a full time Java developer may say, oh that that code's just funky, it's nasty, you know, get out of my face. I just look at it and see functional code. So in terms of that style stuff, I'm not really there with Java, but I can certainly program in Java and certainly went through uh, the code that Jeffrey presented to me and, and gave some possibilities with regards to simplifying a whole lot of stuff. I think the automation associated with songs, like you just put in a melody and then it reorients the tiles and plays the song accordingly, is something that's critical and needs to be in there. I'm still waiting for feedback from Jeffrey with regards to that specifically, but all of this takes me a little bit away from the Noble 8 development. I think my role with regards to Biota is just in these circumstances, I've got to lend a hand to get these things rolling and get the kind of collaboration flowing with the view that all boats rise with Biota. And I think Jeffrey and I have been talking about moving his stuff open source for about three years now and kind of a similar time frame associated with working with Roy Plotnick. And I think all in all, what it'll do is potentially give me a, you know, a new perspective with regards to graphical interfaces and how one can actually represent the Noble 8 graphical interface through a, a different kind of, uh, you know, a different kind of pain, so to speak. Uh, that's window pain as opposed to physical pain. That's what's been happening in the past few, uh, few weeks. And I'm really sorry that I haven't been recording more of these eight realities. The new job is just long hours, basically. Uh, long hours and long tired. <laughs> In terms of coming up and thinking, well, I could possibly record an ape reality, just perhaps. But anyway, so that's my life currently. Uh, I'm still planning on going to the Bay Area in mid-September, and I think what I'll do is give three 20-minute talks, one associated with how we kind of extract artificial life out of kind of corporate and academic artificial life users and how we're going to strengthen this whole thing in the future. I wanted to do something with regards to biota in terms of the historical legacy and where I see my responsibilities associated with that and also kind of filter in where biota fits in this kind of extracting you know where artificial life is being used so i'll tie those two talks together and then i want to do a talk on ape script i think the noble ape cognitive simulation is pretty well well you know i'll certainly touch on that but i think ape script is something that i want to really get an external community interested in and interested in using because i still get a great sense of wonder through ape script and I really don't understand why it isn't being used by more people. I understand there are small kind of methodological issues that uh, Pedro noted and I've noted in previous ape realities. But I do think it's the kind of code that, well, I don't know. I mean, I, it still strikes me as cute. And when I talk to other people about it, they seem to like the ideas behind it as well. So, I'm, you know, maybe I'm talking to the wrong audience with regards to Grey Thumb, but I think that'll be the final piece that I'll talk about. And like I say, 20 minutes a piece, 60 minutes altogether. But I thought with these kind of you know, this kind of opportunity, this will be the first time I'm speaking public in six years. So I want to utilize this opportunity as a means of talking about things that really interest me. And two of the kind of more heady, more artificial life as a global community kind of talks. And then I just wanted to do something light associated with Bobolate. Anyway, that's where I am currently, Tom Bobolate, Las Vegas, Nevada, signing out. Please feel free to get in contact with me, Tom at Nobolate.com. I'm really interested in hearing from long-time listeners, first-time emailers. Thank you very much for tuning into this podcast. Look forward to tuning into the next podcast.